Dragnet. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, it's about uh, five minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater program. 392 in the series. It is June 2nd. It's Sunday night, and we have classic radio shows until 2 o'clock in the morning. To my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf is here. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Carl. We have Shante Garth in the booth, our producer, and Life with Luigi. We'll start things off from 1942, J. Carol Nash, starring as Luigi Basco, the little immigrant. And then it's the CBS Radio Workshop. With Ralph Bell in a good sports drama, you could look it up. It's where they um, they actually had a little person bat in a World Series game. Very interesting story from 1957. You're going to love that. But first, we're going to play our game. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Sponsored by Cat's Pride. Right. The celebrity is Leonardo DiCaprio. And the prize will be yeah. the desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weather Makers. All right. What caller would you we're like? We're going to go with caller number three. Call now. 312-981-7200. Call right now. Uh, play the game. And we will be right back. Come on, baby. Let's get ridiculous. So we're going to get ridiculous with Frank. He's on the phone. Hey, Frank. Hey, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Hi, Frank. Great. Thank you. Terrific. We're going to do a little real or ridiculous with Leonardo DiCaprio. You ready to go? Mm-hmm. You betcha. Terrific. Number one. In 2006, he produced, co-wrote, and narrated an environmental documentary titled Mission Blue. Is that real or ridiculous? I would say it's real. I agree with Frank. It is not real. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> so sorry. You know why I'm agreeing with Frank? He sounds pretty tough. I don't I want know. him to beat me up. You know, I saw Carl looking at me. I feel like he's <laughs> looking for clues. So don't worry. I'm not giving him any. Well, Frank, okay. I, I'm going to hire Frank as my bodyguard. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm telling you, I can Frank, tell. Frank, are you Frank's a bodyguard? A, Frank's a big, I big guy. Easily. Yeah, yeah I, I'm telling you, you, don't mess with Frank. You know what, Frank? Carl could use a bodyguard. I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I number could, two. Sometimes. <laughs> he was one of people. Oh, wait a minute. What? Hang on a second. Wow. Oh. All, right. All right, it's okay. Number two, he was. I've got of... like ten wrong in a row here. That's true. Uh, I haven't done too good at this game. You're going to get the Frank. next one right. All right. All right. He was one of People Magazine's 50 most beautiful people in the world in 1998. Real or ridiculous? 98. Who? Um, I'll say real. It's a long time ago. 98. I'm, gonna, 20, I'm, agreeing with, I'm agreeing with Frank. That is absolutely true. All right. Back on the board. Right. Number three. <laughs> He's <laughs> laughing at you. <laughs> he was supposed to star in American Psycho, but dropped out due to schedule conflicts. Huh. Hmm. Really ridiculous. I'm going to say it's real. I agree. I think that is real. That is real. Yeah. Of course, the role went to Christian Bale. 
All right. All right. Did you Rank. have one? The desktop indoor weather station and brought to you by American Weather Makers Heating and Cooling. They are the 60-minute men. Give them a call at 855-955-HVAC. And you know what, Frank? I have the desktop indoor weather station, and I love my desktop indoor weather station, so I hope you love yours, too. I'm sure I will. It's Thank terrific. you so much. Thanks, Thank you for Frank. Playing. Take care, buddy. All right. He's a, he's a big winner. He has an indoor weather station, and yep. I do not. He will soon. He yeah. doesn't have you it You have yet. one. He's going to have one, and I don't. That's true. you got to yeah. work really, really hard to be nice to everybody here at WGN, and you might get one. I am nice to everybody. You have to try harder. You know, uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the show, I said we're on until 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That was a mistake. We're on till 2 on Saturdays. Carl has admitted to a mistake. Not on Sundays. <laughs> you know, I, make, I do make a lot of mistakes, and I'll tell you why. Want to know why, Lisa? Sure. Okay. When you were growing up and learning all kinds of stuff, right? Uh huh. I was in my basement collecting classic radio shows and listening to the classic radio shows. Are you sure that's what you were and doing in your basement? Not, yes. Okay. Yes. I was cataloging them. Uh-huh. You know, I had little index cards and cataloging all the shows and cutting tape and all this. And I really was not part of the whole, like world. the rest of the world <laughs> out there. I was collecting 100,000 classic radio well, shows you know, for, all kids for have- like decades. Yours happened to be a passion that you are able to use as an adult, but a lot of us had these passions that we just no right, longer I, use anymore. I, I didn't have a childhood. No. I think that your mom would disagree with that. I didn't have- regular childhood. I, well, it wasn't regular, that's for sure. That's for sure. I've <laughs> never been you regular. You had a childhood, but I don't I probably wasn't right in the normal range. All right. That's okay. Uh, but I think there me. is some truth to that though. I was, you know, cataloging classic radio shows and right. listening to the Life with Luigi and, right. and everybody else was learning things and you know, I was like Ed the Vault Guard, you know, on right. Jack Benny. Sure. I was, that was me. I was Ed the Vault Guard. I was down there, and Jack would come down, and he'd right. t- tell Ed what's going on in the world. And he'd that's be like, my job really? Now? Is that my you know, job? Oh, there's, there's airplanes now? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, really? You know, all right, well, that's we're going how... to try to get you up to speed. I think there's some truth to all this. Okay. So take it easy on me when I don't, you know, when all I right. say limb instead of ledge. That was fantastic. Like I did yesterday. I'm going to go, go out, out on a ledge. I'm going to go out on a ledge here. <laughs> I said ledge yesterday instead of limb. That's okay. You you are your own person. Because I didn't have a you childhood. You should just feel like, confident you, in you yourself. You had a childhood. So did you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, Lisa? What? We have a text in line. We sure do. 3-1-2-9-8-1-7-200. Numbers I have. You know why? Because I had a crush on my geometry teacher back right. then. So numbers I paid attention to. Well, that so, that year, anyways. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. That is the text in line. And the quiz was on Leonardo DiCaprio. For those of you who missed that, it was. It was. Yeah. Right. Okay. Life with Luigi, my mom's favorite classic radio show. Comedy series, J. Carol Nash starred as uh, the newly naturalized American citizen, Luigi Vasco. He lived right here in Chicago on this series, and he wrote letters to his mama Mia in Italy, telling of his adventures here and starting his business. And, you know, he had an antique shop. That's what he ran. And his sponsor was Pasquale, played by Alan Reed, who was the voice of Fred Flintstone. Now, Alan Reed, uh, as Pasquale, owned a spaghetti palace. It was called Pasquale's Spaghetti Palace, I think. And his daughter, Rosa, she was a tad overweight. Rosa liked pasta, I'll tell you that. Oh, don't we all? And she was played by Jody Gilbert. And his number one 
mission in life, Pasquale, was to get Luigi to marry yeah. Rosa. Yeah. It was created by Cy Howard, who also created My Friend Irma. Came to radio in 1948, lasted until 1953, was sponsored by Wrigley's Gum, and it even made a transition to television in 1952. I've never seen any of the TV shows, though. No. Yep. I've heard a lot of the radio shows. That's for sure. And we have one for you now called Night School Essay from March 25th, 1952. J. Carol Nash now stars in Life with Luigi. The makers of Wrigley's Pyramid Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life, Life with Luigi, a comedy show created by Cy Howard, directed by Mac Benoff, and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carroll Nash, with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum brings you Luigi as he writes another letter describing his adventures in America to his Mama Basco in Italy. Dear Mamma Mia, <laughs> the wonderful thing about America is all of the free things that they got here. And they got a post office where you can fill up your fountain and a pen for free. <laughs> then they got a free library where you can go in and take out a book and maybe read a magazine or just take a little nap. <laughs> it's a cost you nothing unless you snore, then they throw you out. <laughs> and also they got a free museum where you can go and see how the people was looked a thousand years ago. Mommy, I guess they didn't have much to eat. They all look like a bunge. <laughs> but then they got a free concerts and they got a free art galleries and free lectures and they even got a free hospital so where you're going to get a sticker for nothing. <laughs> but to me, Mommy, the best thing they got in America is the free schools. And every night when I'm going to my night school, I feel so happy. I'm always a singer. America, I love you. You're like a papa to me. From the ocean to ocean. Oh, 
Please, please. All right, Mr. Schultz, Mr. Horowitz named five. You may finish naming the other four positions. Quarterback, fullback, halfback, and tackle. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, are you going to break our nice record? Uh, no, we make I really did study today. Uh, where did the Horowitz leave off? Secretary of Labor. He said uh, Secretary of Interior? Yes. All right. Secretary of Exterior. Wrong. There is no such secretary. But not so loud, Miss Boulding. If Congress hears about it, they'll go right out and appoint one. <laughs> well, you did fair, Mr. Schultz. Uh, Mr. Olson, you may name the other four members of the cabinet. Uh, just their names? Uh, Miss Boulding, wouldn't you want their states and their salaries? Sure, and while you're at it, also the height, weight, and birthmark. <laughs> uh, just the positions, Mr. Olson. Uh, the remaining cabinet members include the Attorney Yendel, the Postmaster Yendel, the Secretary of Agriculture, and the Secretary of Commerce. Excellent. Let's keep it up. Mr. Basco, now you may tell us the name of the Secretary of State. Secretary of State? Hmm. Dean G. Uh, uh, His uh, last name reminds us of a railroad. Secretary Choo-Choo? <laughs> he tried. At least he was on the right track. <laughs> Smile, everybody. Uh, Mr. Horowitz, tell him. Dean Acheson, Secretary of State. Of course. Now, Mr. Basco, see if you can't redeem yourself. Can you name the Secretary of the Treasury? Oh, sure. That's a, that's a John, John W. Snyder. Uh, go on. Secretary of Defense? Uh, that's uh, Mr. Robert... Uh, Robert A. Lovett. Yes, excellent. You surprised me, Mr. Basco. <laughs> I'm surprising myself for this <laughs> Now then, Mr. Schultz, let me see if you can continue the good work. Secretary of Agriculture? Uh, uh, Charles F. Brennan? Are you sure? If I'm right, then I'm sure. <laughs> you were right. Uh, do you know the Secretary of the Interior, Mr. Schultz? Uh, the, the Oscar L. Chapman? Uh, yes. Ah, Miss Spaulding, next time say guilty or innocent right away before I get a, a heart attack. <laughs> One more for you, Mr. Schultz. Uh, please, Miss Spaulding, let's not push our luck too far. <laughs> Very well, you did fine, Mr. Schultz. Mr. Olson, you may name the remaining cabinet members for us. Attorney General J. Howard McGrath, uh, Postmaster General Jesse M. Donaldson, uh, Secretary of Commerce Charles Sawyer, and... Uh, is there one still missing, Miss Spaulding? Yes. Uh, lock up the cabinet. Uh, call the FBI. There's a kidnapper in the house. <laughs> Come now. Just one answer for a perfect record. Oh, Mr. Basco, you have your hand raised? Yeah, well, a uh, secretary of labor is, uh, is, is, is a modest... Uh... J. Tobin. Wonderful. I think that's the best showing we've all had in months. Now, why don't we just take a bow, close the theater, and go home? No, 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 not theater, Schultz, because uh, remember, Miss Pauling is, is going to tell us about the contest. Oh, yes. The title of our little essay contest is Three Words. Three Words? You mean that's, that's all that we've got to write? But even the radio contest allows you 25 words with three salt coupons. <laughs> well, let me finish, class uh, Three words is merely the title of the essay Now listen carefully Because I think our principal has an interesting idea What are the three most important words In guiding your life? The three most important words Guiding our life? Yes, you've all read articles like Seven ways to improve yourself And two steps to success Now we want all of you to try an inspirational essay The three most important words In guiding your life Stop I know what it is. I once said two words that I would give a thousand dollars to buy back. Oh, really? What were those words, Mr. Schultz? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was only joking. Miss <laughs> Barley, 
You know, for me, it's, it's only one word, America. Well, that's an excellent thought, Mr. Basco, but we are not allowed proper names. Ah, too bad. That rules out my other three. Uh, what was that? Sure. Patty, Laverne, and Maxine. <laughs> well, class, you have until this Friday, at which time our principal, Mr. Orth, will come in and hear our essays and award the prize to the winner. A beautiful dictionary. Well, that's a fair exchange. Three words for three million words. I just thought of the three words before the... Well, don't tell us, Mr. Schultz. And I told the voice that's got to win. You don't be too sure. Olsen never loses. Well, uh, well, well I don't know about that because he always says it's easy, but... But to me, I'm, I'm a tent to think of, of no words. Oh, wonderful. I got one down and two to go. <laughs> Luigi, my friend. <laughs> hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Oh, hello, Pasquale. Hey, what are you reading, a little banana nose? <laughs> a book. What kind? Well, it's a, it's a ten cent dictionary. Why? I'm going to find it three words. Three words for a dime? That's a sound of like inflation. <laughs> What's this a three word business, anyway? Well, it's a for a school contest. Oh, school, school, school. Luigi, what do you expect to get from all this school stuff? Huh? Well, is it going to make me a better citizen? I see, a better citizen, eh? That means instead of waiting the four years like everybody else, are you going to be allowed to vote for president once every year? No, no, it's not that. Is it just the means I'm going to understand more and more about America and, 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 and the history about America? Ah, Luigi, Luigi. History is something what's a past and a forgotten, like last week's meatballs. <laughs> Look, my boy, you want to be smart. You should have stopped reading the books or read the paper every day like I do. That's where you get a real education. Oh, yeah? Sure. Well, Pasquale, you tell me, who's the postmaster general? Huh? <laughs> Who cares who's the postmaster general? I only buy the stamps from a private. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pasquale, that's not the answer. It's a Jesse Donnelly's son. I don't care if it's a Jesse James. <laughs> no one a junk like that ain't even going to buy you one pound of butter in a grocery store. Luigi, if you want a good example of success without education, just look at me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Pascali. Hey, I never went to school one day in my life. I never read one book. And I bet I got a brain that's a second hand to nobody. <laughs> ah, Pasquale, you're so right. Hey, you got a real second hand brain. <laughs> that's a funny thing. When I say it, it's a come out of different. <laughs> Luigi, put down a book and listen to me. The minute you stop a school and start doing a man's work, I'm going to give you $5,000. Yeah, but Pasquale, what do you mean by man's work? <laughs> Marrying my daughter, Rosa. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, where are you going? I'm going to collect my unemployment insurance. <laughs> Don't be so iffy puppy. Now, look, Luigi, I'll tell you no, something. No, 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 Pascal, Pascal, please, please. I'm, I'm too busy now to argue with you. I'm, I'm going to find these three words by Friday. All right, so advertise the lost to the foul. <laughs> <laughs> what is this a crazy three-word talk, anyway? 
is a very important contest, Pasquale. Huh? I'm going to find the three most important words that's a guide in my life. Words that I'm believing and that means everything to me. Luigi, stop. Don't go no further. I got it already. Oh, you got it, Pasquale. What is it? What is the words, Pasquale? Money, marriage, and Rosa. <laughs> Pasquale, never mind. I'm going to find out to myself. How are you going to find out, Luigi? English language has got over 20 billion words, and they all are weighed the same. How you know what's the most important? Yeah, but, but Pasquale, somebody must know. Oh, Luigi, stop acting like a maroon. <laughs> In America, the three biggest words is a money, moolah, and a mazuma. No, 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 Pasquale, Pasquale, you're wrong, you're wrong. I am, huh? Tell me one thing a money can't buy in America. Well, there's a lot, well, there's a lot. Yeah, things, go ahead, go lots. ahead, name, name one thing. Well, uh, Love, today there ain't a girl you couldn't marry if you had enough money. Position, Luigi, I guarantee you, if you had enough money, you could even become a millionaire. No, please, Pasquale. You, you, you know, you're not happening to me, Pasquale. You're not happening to me at all because... But I never thought I'm going to have so much trouble finding the three little words. But there must be three words. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to find them. All right, all right, a stubborn donkey. You go out and look for those three words until you get old and gray. And then when it's too late... The three words is it going to find you. What's the three words? Rest in a peace. <laughs> you can almost see Fred Flintstone there, you know, like the cartoon of Fred Flintstone because that's his voice. His voice sounds exactly the same to me. Yeah, well, yeah. he used his regular voice I on the on that. the television. Yeah. On the cartoon, uh, Fred Flintstone. All right, it's Life with Luigi, part one. March 25th, 1952, night school essay. J. Carol Nash, along with uh, Alan Reed there. We'll get back to it in just a moment. Drivers, please stay alert when driving in all of our child-filled areas. Arrive alive, don't text and drive. This message from Jack's Martin Muffler in Chicago. They're the muffler pioneer specializing in duels, catalytic converters, truck exhaust, and custom pipe bending. For service, stop by 6545 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago or call 773-737-8200. 773-737-8200. That's Jack's Martin Muffler reminding everyone to arrive alive, don't text and drive. All right. When we come back from news, we will have the conclusion to Life with Luigi. Then later, it's a CBS radio workshop. That's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss uh, You Could Look It Up, starring Ralph Bell from 19. 19- Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is 11.35 on a Sunday night. We are listening to Life with Luigi. J. Carol Nash as Luigi Basco. This is a show called Night School Essay. Let's go back to March 25th, 1952 for the conclusion to Life with Luigi. Now let's turn to page two of Luigi Basco's letter to his mother in Italy. Well, Mamma Mia, what do you think is it the three most important words in a guide in your life? I'm a wonder. I'm going to have a lot of but I don't think I know enough. There's more smarter people than me in the books. So I thought I would look in them. 
in a drugstore counter was a lots of books at 25 cents. Murder in a G flat. <laughs> Homicide please. Suicide for Susie. And also in the middle was a book about Shakespeare, and I believe in me, Mamma Mia. Poor Shakespeare is a look scary to that. <laughs> well, I found nothing there, and I was just going to go to the library when in as come my friend Schultz. To meet you, my fellow pupils. Hello, Schultz. Hey, Schultz, you find it say words yet? Ach, did I? Luigi don't even bother to show up for the contest. That beautiful prize dictionary is practically holding up the broken leg of my sofa right now. Well, Schultz, maybe, maybe it's funny to you, but, but I'm a wish I could have found three, three, three good words. Ach, Luigi, don't worry. Just find three plain everyday words. You know, like love, honor, and obey. Win, place, and show. <laughs> It's not so hard. Yes, 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 it's hard. If I'm telling people how they live, they got to be most important words in life. But I'm, I'm, I'm too small to get such words. Well, if you ain't going to get them, you ain't got no answer. Wait. Hey, sure, sir. I'm going to ask people and, and get ideas from them. Eh? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask lots of people, and I'm going to pick out what I'm going to the most. Uh, that's what you're going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the Gallops of Paul, only I'm going to take the basketball. <laughs> a basketball? What's that, Italian basketball? <laughs> well, I mean, why, why am I not taking this before I should say? Sure, I'm going to ask the American people right in the streets what's the three most important words to them. Ah, that's good, Luigi. And smile. Be like me. Always happy. Always laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Ooh, ooh, my rheumatism is killing me. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to say this to fellow first. Excuse me, mister. Yeah? Uh, what's the most important words in English language? Beat it. That's only two words. <laughs> Excuse me, mister. Yeah? I'm, I'm taking a basketball. Please, what do you think is the three most important words in English language? Are you a reporter? No, no. I'm not going to report to you to nobody. Hey, what is this? I don't go for the sidewalk interview stuff. All right, then we're talking together. Come on. Hey, look, I got to get home. No, please, please, mister. Just three words. Words that's going to bring people success. Okay. I'll give you the three words that'll make your fortune. What's the words? Rob a bank. <laughs> Well, here's the park. Maybe in there, the, 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 the people, they don't rush you so much. Maybe I'm going to get a better answer. Hey, there's a fellow, I think. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm going to see him before. Excuse me, friend. Huh? I, I, I'm taking a basketball. Please, maybe, maybe you're going to tell me most important words in English language. How many words? Three. Three most important words. I deal dog food. <laughs> I deal a dog food. That, that's the three most important words in the language. If you're a dog, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mister, maybe it's a bigger joker to you, mister. 
Look, friend, if you've got some sad story and you're looking for a soft shoulder to lean on, count me up. <laughs> I cry too easy. No, 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 please, please, you don't understand, mister. All I'm want is just three words from you. Three most important words in your life. You mean it? Sure. Honest engine? Yeah, sure. What's your three words? Mother, come home. <laughs> that's, that, that's your three words? I never had no mother friends, except maybe when I was born. <laughs> you know what it means to go through life without a mother? For a man. Every Mother's Day, I send flowers to myself. <laughs> I'm very sorry for you, my friend. You got a mother? Yes, sir. Where is she? In his belly. I hope you don't go home for lunches. <laughs> well, you should go home to your mother. Love her. Cherish her. M is for the million things. No, 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 Mr. Mr. Oh, that she's growing old. Oh, please, please, don't cry. Don't cry, please, Mr. She is for the tears she has to Like I said, it's a happen, it's a happen. Yeah, but please, Pasquale, don't no, no, bother me. Now, how can the people act like that? Everybody's so crazy. I told you, you get the brush off. For people that they hate each other, three words is a lot of baloney. Luigi, is it just the one word for you? One? Yes, and I call the river now. Rosa! 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 Tell Luigi what's the three most important words in the English language. Breakfast, dinner, and supper. Oh, <laughs> sir, think what you would like most of all. Think of the future. Now, tell Luigi the three most important words are there. Triplets. <laughs> well, Luigi, ain't that the sweetest thing you ever heard, eh? No, but Pasquale, you're you the last you're not going to make crazy with your stupid talk and everything. What? That's what? what? Huh? Mama, man, listen to me. I'm a hollering. 
forgive me, Pascalia. Hannah does say, forgive me. Forgive me? Mommy, I'm a goddess. I'm a goddess. Papa, what's he got? I don't know, Russell, but I know it's not of you. <laughs> Excellent, Mr. Schultz. Wouldn't you say so, Mr. Orr? Yes, fun, friendship, and happiness. These three words would certainly improve the world. Also a lot of radio programs. <laughs> smile, everybody, smile. And give me the dictionary, Mr. Orr. Please, Mr. Schultz, we haven't finished all the essays yet. And, Schultz, I don't think your words will beat mine. Liberty, equality, family. Those were excellent choices, Mr. Horowitz. Yes. Liberty, equality, family. And how? Ask any man but the family. He's dying for some liberty. <laughs> Mr. Olson, your essay, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, three words to guide you. One, knowledge. The beacon light illuminating man's movements. Two, ambition. Without ambition, there is no progress. Three, perseverance. Because nothing great is ever accomplished unless you constantly, over and over, keep putting your shoulder to the wheel and forever keep your nose to the grindstone. Sure, and in two years we got no shoulders and no noses. <laughs> Please, Mr. Schultz. Excellent. Three capital words. Knowledge, ambition, perseverance. Do you suppose you can beat them, Mr. Basco? You've been very quiet, Mr. Basco. Well, I'm responding, and, and, and Mr. Orton, and, and, and my class... My first word, I'm, I'm going to have to ask a lot of people advice. Maybe they was too busy thinking about other important things, business, or troubles, or, or maybe, maybe just to themselves. Any, any word that was acting bad, at least I'm think so. People, people, they, 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 they got to have a time for, for the others. All the world is got to have a time for each other, or maybe we, we're going to have a no world. That's why I'm think of tolerance. This is no mean only tolerance for race and religion or the color. That's a mean tolerance for grown-ups to children, country for country, one to each other. And that's why I'm going to give that word. And that's bringing me to my second word, which, which we got to have. Forgiveness. I suppose it's almost like a tolerance, but if there's no forgiveness, then we all are going to be on each other's throats. And my third word is hope. Always I'm got a hope for better people, better world, and, and I'm not forgetting a better me. Well, there goes my dictionary. Well, there you have them, Mr. Orth. Are you ready with the decision? Yes. Who's the winner? There is no winner. Ah. You mean there's no dictionary? On the contrary, Miss Spalding. Uh, here is the fact. I have four dictionaries. You see, my essay contest can have no winner, for there are no three words that can best guide us in our lives. Many have been considered, and yours are equally good. Mr. Horowitz, your dictionary. Thank you. Mr. Schultz. Thanks. Mr. Olson. Thank you. And Mr. Basco, of your wonderful words, you fortified my belief that we must all think in positive terms. There are no set rules of life, no groups of words, no trick combinations. Rather, let us in our daily lives try to choose words like forgiveness, love, charity, tolerance, kindness, truth, patience, hope, peace, liberty. Let us shun the words that have brought destruction, envy, greed, hate, war, intolerance, anger, lies, deceit. And in this way, enrich our lives and the lives of our children. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Mr. Arthur. You, you said so many beautiful things. And you, you had the wonderful idea. And I want to tell you, Mr. Ort, I'm, I'm, I'm learned a lot. We sure did. Sure, that's true. 
too true. And what about you, Mr. Schultz? Well, as long as I got my dictionary, I'm going to throw in another three words. <laughs> What's that, Mr. Schultz? Papo Chico and Gaucho. <laughs> Mamma mia, I'm learned a lot from the essay contest today. And I wish you could see the beautiful new Webster dictionary I'm got for my prize. I'm sat and I read this dictionary for three hours tonight. And it was lots of good words. And I'm going to try to use it like Mr. Ortiz say. But the one word that sounded most beautiful to me when I was a little boy, and now... And forever is Mamma Me. Your loving son, Luigi Basco, little immigrant. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of Life with Luigi, and they want to remind you that it's a good idea to have a few packages of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum in your home at all times. Wrigley's Spearmint is a delicious taste treat that everyone can enjoy. Give it to children when they want something good between meals. It won't spoil their appetite. Enjoy Wrigley Spearmint Gum often yourself and passing it around when friends drop in. They'll appreciate your thoughtfulness, and because they know that familiar package of Wrigley Spearmint means real chewing enjoyment. They know, too, that chewing Wrigley Spearmint Gum freshens the taste and aids digestion. So next time you go to the store, get a few packages of refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Your family will enjoy it, and your friends will, too. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to be sure to listen next week at this time when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his mama Basco in Italy. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production. Pat Burton is associate producer. The script is written by Mac Benoff and Lou Derman and directed by Mr. Benoff. J. Carol Nash is starred as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale, Jody Gilbert as Rosa, Mary Ship as Miss Spalding, Joe Forte as Horowitz, and Ken Peters as Olsen. The music is under the direction of Lud Gluskin, Mrs. Charles Lyon, this is CBS Radio Network. That's Life with Luigi from... March 25th, 1952, Night School Essay. J. Carol Nash starring as Luigi Basco. Also in that cast, we had Alan Reed, and uh, Mary Ship was the teacher, and Jody Gilbert was Rosa, and that was sponsored by Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is heard on CBS. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Living at all of our child-filled areas, arrive alive, don't text and drive. This message from Jack's Martin Muffler in Chicago. They're the muffler pioneer specializing in duels, catalytic converters, trust exhaust, and custom pipe bending. For service, stop by 6545 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago or call 773-737-8200. 773-737-8200. That's Jack's Martin Muffler reminding everyone to arrive alive, don't text and drive. Well, it's June it 2nd, is. and you know what that means, Lisa? Every single month, we put out 10 more classic radio shows to our classic radio club members. Now, if you are a classic radio club member, then you know that you will be getting 10 great classic radio shows, tremendous sound quality, 
and liner notes sent to you on five CDs in a collector case. And those collector cases have pictures of all the stars on there and everything. And, uh, again, liner notes with that. Or you can get those same ten shows emailed to you at your um, through your computer. And then you can Bluetooth them, whatever you want to do to your car. That's what I do. I have... I, I Bluetooth it in my car. So the Classic Radio Club is a club that Lisa and I and Mike came up with maybe almost a year ago now, I think, Lisa. I think it's been about a year. We have hundreds and hundreds of our listeners are members of the Classic Radio Club. And every month you will get 10 classic radio shows that I choose from the master recordings. Tremendous sound quality. And Mike Estella does a tremendous job of digitally remastering them, and I write these liner notes for everyone. And you're going to get things that you just won't believe. I mean, the the quality and plus some of the best shows and maybe shows you didn't even know existed. Well, what I'm thinking is we have five hours each week on WGN, but you have over 100,000 shows. So we could only play so many on WGN. And if you love classic radio, this is your opportunity to hear even more classic radio, also in pristine quality. Um, because I think that we are the only person who can give you the type of quality that we play here on WGN. Yeah, we license these shows from the people that created them or their estates and oftentimes their kids or grandkids like with Abbott and Costello we license from both uh, Lou Costello's kids and grandkids and Bud Abbott's uh, grandkids and we get let's say Tales of the Texas Rangers from Stacy Keach right. his father created the series right. so what I'm saying is you can't get what we're no. sending you anywhere else but through the classic radio club right. and we promise you will be happy with the quality and we know that you'll love the club so it's only a buck give it a shot see what you think yeah check it out at classicradioclub.com we wanted to make it really easy for you to try the club so we uh, made the first month only one dollar so if you um, if you try it out for a dollar and you don't want to stay a member, you can cancel at any time. But uh, it's a great way to get the greatest shows of all time sent to you each and every month. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com. We'd love you to join. And there's also testimonials at the website. You can read what your fellow listeners are saying about being a member of the Classic Radio Club. All right, in our next hour, Lisa, we're going to listen to a fun sports show on the CBS Radio Workshop. It's a dramatization of the play. You could look it up. Ralph Bell stars in there. And uh, that's when they, I think it was a World Series game, and we needed to win that game. And so... Um, the manager of the game had signed a little person to, and it'd be tough to pitch to a little person batting in the, uh, in a major league game. Um, so we're going to hear that story that's in our next hour right here on the WGN radio theater. Don't forget, we're here every Saturday and Sunday night and we start at 11 PM. We go till two o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and then we go to one o'clock in the morning on Sundays, five hours, as Lisa just said. So uh, check it out, and make sure you tell a friend, and make sure you set your uh, alarm to get up at 11 p.m. and listen to our show, right? Is that what you do? Well, I set it for, I take a nap usually before yeah. I come here. Because Did you take one nor- today? Like a half an hour. Yeah, I can normally, tell. <laughs> <laughs> normally, I am in bed by about 11 o'clock, yeah. so it's tough. It's tough to, you know, without a nap. I'll keep you awake. Okay. Okay. I'll have some coffee in a little bit.
Back to WGN Radio Theater with Carol Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is uh, five minutes after midnight, which means it's Monday morning, and it's uh, June 3rd, Monday morning. It's going to be nice today. It's supposed to be like 70-something degrees of a baseball game. I'm going to play a little ball. And speaking of baseball, we have a uh, baseball radio show about when uh, – I can't remember what who the manager was – and put a little person up to bat in a World Series game. Uh, it was called You Could Look It Up. What microphone is that there? Four? Hang on. Five. Is that five? Was it? I thought yeah, it was the White Sox. Bill Vec did it. Yeah, Bill Vec did yeah. it. That's right. I thought it was like either the Cubs or the White Sox. No, it was the White Sox, and he put up uh, a, a person of uh, short height. Yeah. And <laughs> so that there was no strike zone. I think he was going to say diminutive. Right? No, he was not. No? Mm, I could have. Uh, yeah. Well, we have the story. It's called oh, You Could Look It Up. We really? have it coming Roger, up in this you hour. really could look it up. Yeah. I'm sure you could. <laughs> no, you. I, oh, oh, me. <laughs> you could look it up. Yeah. Played baseball today. We won. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Cubs didn't win, though. No. I think I might need to play third base for you them or so. second. Who's on first? <laughs> What's on second? <laughs> um... So, do they need any help? Well, you know, yeah, Javi, help. he's hurt right now, huh? So he's got a bunch of people that are. Yeah. are well, are... I'm available. I mean, I think my team would lend me to the I don't the know Cubs. if your knees would hold up, yeah, but my, other my than left that... knee is not really? doing too good right now. <laughs> <laughs> not running at my sweep full speed of four miles an hour. Um, one of our, um, one of our smart listeners texted in and said, St. Louis Browns, not Sox. St. Louis Browns. Really? Not Sox. What? Well, we'll find oh, out. as the team they yes. played against? Yes. Oh, I can well, be, yeah. We're going to find St. out because Louis, we're going to play that episode. Right. Well, we're going to listen oh, and we're going to find out. Playing it in this hour. <laughs> Graduate, right. you should look it I up. I could have looked it up, but I could also <laughs> listen to the episode and learn all about it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Before we do that, we're going to play a little Real or Ridiculous. You would you play? like to join us? I would us? love to. We're, right. Great. The uh, celebrity is Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. And we are going to be giving away a desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling. You know what his I daughter's name is? Well, Who's daughter? Candy. Yeah. Kane. That's kind of like armpit. We're on the same level here. Anyhow, so this is what we're going to do. Do you have a desktop indoor weather station? And since my knee is uh, hurt, uh, Roger? No, I don't. Since my I, knee is uh, hurt, yeah. I need a cane. I'm sorry. What did yeah, you say, Roger? I did, I did, uh, no, I, was... I do not. Uh, my weather uh, uh, station is on your phone. Station. Can't even think straight because no, he's laughing outside. inside at my jokes. <laughs> he doesn't want to laugh outside. Did you see that welcome back, me... Cotter episode it's, it's where he says, inside. "I laugh inside." He doesn't want to give me the the you know the kudos of you laughing. That... He's laughing at my. Do you know I need that a cane episode, Carl? From welcome back, Cotter. Up your nose, what a rubber hose. He laughs inside. From that show, that was the best show, wasn't it? Whoa. Welcome, Welcome back, back, Cotter. Where? Yeah. Whoa. Where? Okay, mm. anyhow, we yes. lost our... Oh, 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 Mr. Cotter. Mr. Cotter. Horseshack. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a great show. All right, let her finish. Will All right, sorry. Out? All right, we're going to call right now. 312-981-7200. We're looking Who's for the... caller number two. Michael Caine? Michael Caine. Call right. now, and we will be right back. Come on, baby. Let's get ridiculous. We've got Elliot on the phone to be a great real ridiculous player. Hi, Elliot. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Hi, Elliot. Great. Good. She sounds vivacious. 
Yeah, she is. She's very vivacious. If you can't be vivacious at midnight, I don't know when you can. So anyhow, we're going to do a little Real or Ridiculous. You've got Roger and Carl to play along, so it's kind of like a party here tonight. (laughs) Right. All right. Hey, buddy. How are you? All right, right, here here we go. go. Number one, this is Michael Caine. He got his inspiration to become an actor from Humphrey Bogart. Real or Ridiculous? We'll start with you, Elliot. I'm going to say real. Real? Mm. Roger? Yeah, I'll go with real. Carl? <laughs> Carl? I'm, I'm going to disagree just because I'm going because to. Because you're disagreeable? Just because I'm a disagreeable person. You are, and unfortunately, oh, unfortunately, you're wrong, Carl. Oh, <laughs> I just and stink Roger at and this Elliot game. Are correct. All right, um, so here's for you guys. And here's for me. This is my, my theme song. Humphrey Bogart is his favorite actor. Really? So now you know that. Wow. Number two. I, you know, because he's British, not Humphrey Bogart, but <laughs> uh, Michael Caine. And I thought yes, he, he would be, you know, like someone from Britain, like, you know, like a, uh, uh, like Olivier who, or somebody like that, right? Mm. You know, wouldn't you think? You know, you were wrong the first time. You're so, still wrong. Still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All righty. Number two. <laughs> he was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor at the Razzie Awards for his role in Without a Clue in 1988. Is that real or ridiculous? Could have been. Um, I'm going to go with um, with ridiculous. Roger, I, I think it's real. I think it's real. <laughs> it's mm. ridiculous. You are <laughs> absolutely right, Elliot. <laughs> here, you, here you go, Elliot. <laughs> Elliot knows his stuff. Here's for me and Roger. So now you're stealing my theme song, Roger? Yeah, I think so. Number th- whatever Carl says, I, just go I the other just way. Terrible. I know. Okay. Terrible. This. Number I have to three. change this yeah, up. Yesterday was horrible. I was. Just to be fair, I almost switched. Don't, don't oh. switch. Don't switch. I actually heard you about to talk, and I, I jumped right in there. To, <laughs> I helped you out. I'm gonna, I wasn't going to let right, you switch. I'm, I'm, whatever Elliot says, I'm going to go with on this one. Right. Okay. So, Elliot? I'm, well, Tanya wised up. Elliot's Elliot, my life. There's a lot of pressure here. <laughs> um, he was voted as one of the 50 most stylist men in the past 50 years by GQ magazine. Real That's or ridiculous? Style, most That's stylist style? men. Hmm. Can't think what they would mean by that. <laughs> Probably I'll like sartorial, very well dressed. Who's okay. sartorial? Stylist. Wow. What do you think? Impressed. Real or ridiculous? Well, he would be one of the most sartorial, so I'm going to go with uh, real. Roger? Yeah, I'll go with real. For Carl. me, there's no pressure because I'm going. I'm going with Elliot. I mean, I, just, Elliot, we're just going to continue going with you because you are absolutely right. That is real, Carl. You finally Elliot figured got it all out. three of them. He did, Elliot. You want to do this job? You want to come to WGN every Saturday I'm and on Sunday? My way. All right. You could just do this for minutes. me. <laughs> we got one more hour. If you can be here by one o'clock, you're. Oh no, we're done at one. Done at one. We're done at Forty-five minutes. Uh, well, uh, um, anyhow, Elliot, you, um, you have won a great prize. It is the desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling. Of wow. course, they are the 60-Minute wow. Men. Give them a call at 855-955-HVAC. There you go. Great job, Elliot. <laughs> Thank you for playing. Way to go, buddy. Take care. Uh, Thank you, care. too. Yep, he got it right. He got three of them right. Yeah. I got one because I agreed with him. That's the only reason. <laughs> you, it's you been a big weekend. You I, agreed with me. I yeah. think yeah. you've gotten like two right now this weekend. I, this yeah. was a bad weekend for me. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Wow. 
Must yeah. be something in the air. By the way, we I should have just flipped a coin each time. I would have done. I would have done you, better. You definitely right. Do I would have done better if I flipped sure. a coin. And you I, would flip yourself tell you. if you had a good knee. Um, Maybe he could do a cartwheel someday. <laughs> <laughs> Falling down. I'm going to use my Michael Kane. So we got to give credit to the listener who called in or texted in and said that it was the St. Louis Browns, not the White Sox. Correct. That I, is thought Vick, I thought it was Bill Vick, but it was Bill Vick. He was managing the St. Louis Browns, oh, and that's when he brought in. Okay. So he managed a lot of different teams, and, and gotcha. in fact, he had a majority stake in the, the Browns. And thank you for taking my advice and looking it up. And looking it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Unfortunately, I've closed my text in line. Roger, are you enjoying your classic radio club? I love my uh, classic radio club. Link. Thank you so much. Are you loving it? I love the digital stuff that yeah. I'm getting now. Yeah, yeah. see, Fantastic. I do too. Yeah, well, folks, if you want to join the Classic Radio Club, go to ClassicRadioClub.com, just like Roger and Lisa mm-hmm. do. All right, are you ready for the CBS Radio Workshop? Now, this series came to radio in 1956 for uh, two seasons. It was billed as Radio's Distinguished Series to Man's Imagination. Now, this was a revival of the earlier Columbia Workshop series, and it used some of the same writers and directors. You know, like X-1 was mm-hmm. a revival of Dimension X? Right. This series, the CBS Radio Workshop, was a revival of the Columbia Workshop. Now, it dramatized works by Robert A. Heinlein, Sinclair Lewis, Edgar Allan Poe, Frederick Pohl, James Thurber, um, Mark Twain, other luminaries. And it used uh, Los Angeles' best supporting actors. It didn't have any movie stars, really, Mm -hmm. but had like William Conrad, Elliot Lewis, Paul Fries, Hans Conried. So yeah. it, you know, it had the pros on the yeah, series. Right. Really, Classics really the good sure. series. Really yeah. good drama series. And I was four years old. Yeah, back then. Yeah, All right, century. there you go. Well, uh, back on July seventh, nineteen fifty-seven. You know what they did? No. They dramatized. You could look it up. The classic story about the day that a little person played major league baseball. So we have it for you right now. Let's go back to uh, that broadcast date of 1957 for part one now of the CBS Radio Workshop. That line drive was fouled just by inches. Bugs Courtney can certainly clobber that ball. Well, here we are. First of the night, two men out, two on base, and the count on Bugs, three balls, two strikes. Score nothing to nothing. This is Del Charbon at Ringo Stadium in St. Louis. You know, if St. Louis wins today, it'll be a clean sweep, having won a doubleheader 7-2 to two and 10 to nothing yesterday. Looks like the league leaders are fading pretty fast, and St. Louis might take over. But now the outfielders move back into position, and here's the pitch. Ball four. Bugs walks, filling the bases. Now up comes their slugger, Hank Metters. Hey, wait a minute. There's a terrific rhubarb. It looks like a youngster coming up to the plate. Hey, check this, Ted. No, it, it can't be a youngster. He has a big cigar in his mouth. A little bat and a big cigar. Well, here's the scoop on the rhubarb. For the first time in big league baseball, 
We have batting in the cleanup position for the league-leading champs, Pearl DeMondo, a midget. You are listening to the CBS Radio Workshop, dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. Today we salute two great American institutions. The institution of James Grover Thurber, whose penetrating vision into the word and line has brought so much happiness to so many. And to the institution of baseball, a slice of Americana that quickens the pulse of the nation with the battle cry, play ball. Our efforts today are directed to the little leaguers with stars in their eyes, to the players and the minors hoping for that call which will take them to the majors and their big chance, to the players and the majors who this day are struggling so hard to live up to that promise. To the thousands of grandmothers who died so abruptly of a Wednesday afternoon so that their devoted grandsons could pay them homage in ballparks all over our nation. And to you husbands who can't remember an anniversary or a birthday, but when called on can give the batting averages in both leagues for the past 20 years. We challenge you with James Thurber's you could look it up. When most people in our town think of baseball, they think of Squawks McGrew. He came by this handle because of a peculiar quality of voice. When things were fouled up and the team was in a slump, He'd start screaming, and then it would happen. Suddenly, he'd almost lose his voice and end up squealing like a little girl whose doll had been stepped on. All this was several years ago, when McGrew was a manager and making one of the greatest names in baseball. Now, the old boy had come home to rock away his last innings. I was making my annual visit. My paper sent me to get a story to find out who would play in the World Series. McGrew had an uncanny genius for prophecy, speaking a language all his own, and for baseball. Hello, Larry. Come on in. Thanks, Mr. McGrew. Now, don't tell me, boy, that another year has passed. Great <laughs> so. Well, Mr. McGrew, I won't take up much of your time. You've always said the teams in first place the 4th of July usually win the series. This year, it's the Yankees and Cincinnati. You think that's the way it's going to wind up? No, don't hurry me, boy. Let's sit out here on the porch and rock a while. Speaking of those teams in first place and the 4th of July and all that, I'd like to tell you how once we led the whole league by about seven, eight games till about mid-September. Within a few days, that margin was trimmed down so as you could uh, got it in the eye of a thimble, just being about half a game ahead of St. Louis. <laughs> now, we've just been belted by Pittsburgh, who's headed down to Columbus for an exhibition game. What a slump we was in. 
And the boys run around snarling at each other, eating bad, sleeping worse. Batting for the team average is maybe hot 186. Half the time, nobody would speak, nobody else. Lest it was the ball of mine. Oh, son, this is probably a long way to tell you. Would you like some lemonade? Uh, no, no thanks, Mr. McGrew. Tell me, uh, what happened in Columbus? Well, even Columbus shut us out. Three to two. Don't mind telling you, son, I was mighty near crazy. What with the hitting and all. While we was at the Chidden Hotel, really snarling. Believe me, I wished I was dead. I was sitting at the bar of the old Chidden, killing time, waiting on the train to St. Louis, when up comes Bugs Courtney. What? Get lost, Bugs. You gotta get in the dining room. The boys are killing each other. Why'd he cut just hit Billy Klinger between the eyes with a T-bone steak? Let them blind each other. Can't none of them see anyways. Go on, beat it, Bugs. Let's walk if you want a bar club. I said beat it. And remember, Bugs, the Wright brothers have still got to build an airship big enough for you to hit with a ball bat. Oh, bartender. Yes, Mr. McGrew? How I pity me, brother, how I pity me. I thought I was the manager of a great ball team. Instead of that, I'm managing a bunch of blindfolded circus clowns. Are you right? I seen that game today, Junior. You ain't got no ball club. What you got there, Junior, is a sideshow. Bartender. Bartender, bring me some black coffee. I must be having a DTs. I swear I've been talking to a two-and-a-half-foot man. It's all right, Mr. McGrew. This little guy here is Pearl Dumanville. Pearl Dumanville? Per- Pearl? I thought that was a girl's name. Hold it, Junior. What do you mean, Junior? But don't pay him no attention. Pearl calls everybody Junior, because it always turns out he's a year older than anybody else. Oh, yeah? Well, how old is he? How old are you, Junior? Who, me? I'm 53. Well, I'm 54. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you have, Dad? Same as you, Junior. Give me a lift up in the bar, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right this way, folks. Come right in and see the greatest collection of freaks in the world. See the armless pitcher. See the infielders with five subs. See the eyeless batters. <laughs> That's great, Pearl. That's great. You tell him. Go on. Come on, boss. The fellas want to get out of here. People are staring at us. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pearl, I want you to meet my clowns. Clowns, this is Pearl Dumonville, a monsoor of the old school. Now, watch it, Pearl. Don't shake hands with them. The fingers are made of chalk. I'll bust right off in your paw. Oh, you're begging my girl. Come on, in, folks. Step right up and see the legless face runner. See the outfielders with butterfingers. See the southpaw with the arm of a child. I'm a child. All right, quiet, fellas. Whitey, Hank, want you two to bring the pearl along. He's coming as masket. What? And I'm holding you two guys responsible. Hey, wait a minute, Junior. How am I going without no toothbrush? What am I going to do with no other suit? The boys will take care of you. Okay, I'm going to check out. I'll see you at the train. Uh, see the guys with the glass arms, eh? <laughs> see the guys with the cast iron brains. See the players with feet on their wrists. <laughs> uh, Shorty, why don't you go home now, huh? Come morning and McGrew will forget all about you. Yeah. 
He probably thinks you were something he's seen in a nightmare, and he won't laugh so easy in the morning either. Now, why don't you go on home? Next. <sighs> Skidoo. And 23 for you. Mr. Pearl de Monville is heading for St. Luke. <laughs> That's the first portion of the CBS Radio Workshop with You Could Look It Up from July 7th, 1957. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. Drivers, please stay alert when driving in all of our child-filled areas. Arrive alive, don't text and drive. This message, courtesy of Cindy Lynn Motel, located at 5029 West Ogden Avenue in Cicero. Stop by or call 708-656-1730. 708-656-1730. Cindy Lynn Motel is reminding everyone to arrive alive, don't text and drive. Okay, uh, don't forget, folks, that when you shop at Woodman's, you can take a photo with your smartphone of the receipt, your Woodman's receipt, and email it to woodmanswgn at gmail.com. And what happens, Lisa? Oh, we're going to get some free classic radio downloads. Yeah, 12 shows, 12 classic radio shows for shopping at Woodman's. It's just a way to say thank you for maybe switching over to Woodman's from another grocery chain. And uh, I think I think you will really like it if you do. I have switched over permanently. I used to use a different grocer. And now that I am shopping at Woodman's, I'm saving a lot of money every time I do it. And um, I don't need the links because I have the shows. But, <laughs> but you know what? But if, you still shop at Woodman's. But I still shop at Woodman's. But you know what? You folks can not only save money by shopping at Woodman's, but you'll get 12 classic radio shows. Each month we switch out the shows. So now for June we have 12 more shows. So if you've been getting them every month, and a lot of people get them every single month. You know, they, they send in. It's the same people, a lot of the same people sending in. That's a great way to build your collection, save money, and get a great uh, great product because Woodman is uh, employee-owned, and they have uh, many stores in the Chicagoland area and in Wisconsin, and you save money, Lisa. Plus, you know what? What? Giant carts. You like the big carts? Huge carts. I'll the take you for a ride carts. in the cart. They have the biggest carts in would the business. Would you fit in the cart? Yes, I would fit in the cart. Would you trust me to are give you, you a ride I'm, in the cart? Are you saying I'm like big? No, I don't know how big. The, like when you say big, I'm wondering if it's big enough to hold you. It would hold me. Then, yeah, it would hold like three or four people. The carts three or are four big. of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big cart. <laughs> that big? You think three or four people could fit in the carts at yes, Women's? Yes, you can. We we'll have to drive. I mean, you have to squeeze in there, but <laughs> I think let's we go test to Woodman's. That. Let's get three, get pe- three, three people, or four people. See if we can throw squeeze them all, them all in, there. in there. Take a picture. You and have to post really it. like each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully you've all taken a bath or something that day. We have to really like yeah. each other. <laughs> all right. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. 
Use of cellular devices while driving may cause visual, manual, and mental distractions. Please keep your eyes on the road, your hands on the wheel, and your mind solely on driving. This message, courtesy of Cicero Pediatrics, now accepting new patients. They serve children from birth to the age of 21. Most insurance accepted, si habla espanol. They're open Monday through Saturday. Call today to schedule your appointment, 708-477-6700. That's 708-477-6700. Cicero Pediatrics on the air because they care. All right, Lisa, it's time for the conclusion to You Could Look It Up on the CBS Radio Workshop. Hey, McGrew, remember where you found this? Or maybe you think they come with a breakfast on his train. Sneeze, your brains is dusty. Here, <laughs> 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 oh, wipe your face. Sit down here, Bugs. There's a real couple of Damon and Phidias's across the aisle, ain't they? Hi, guys. Why do we got enough trouble around here today? Why don't you go over and play with your midget friend? What kind of a crack is that? Oh, I'm glad to have it, you wise guy. Oh, yeah? Oh, give me rash. Rash. yeah? That's what I got for a ball club, Mr. Dumont Bill. Rasslers. A man can't be good at everything, but he ought to be good at something. Oh, I wish that was manager of an old lady's sewing circle instead of a ball club. That's great, Junior. That's great. You are. You are. You little sword off. I got right me off, Hank. Now listen, you guys. If any of you hurt Pearl, I'll break your neck. Pearl here is the official mascot. And I want him to have a miniature suit and everything, just like the rest of us. And Hank, I'm holding you responsible. Thanks a lot. Well, the first thing you're going to do, Pearl, is get rid of that cigar. And if you wear our suit on the field and go insulting it, I am going myself to take you out of the zoo and feed you to the bears. What? Let <coughs> Blow smoke in my face, will you? Hold it, hold it, hold it. I told you, no trouble. If anything happens to him, Hank, you're responsible. Now, remember, you guys, we have a double-headed Amara. So see if you can try hard enough not to disgrace Pearl and me. Okay. Now, clear out. Pearl and I have some serious talking to do. Uh... Pearl, I tell you, them clowns are sure taking a lot out of me. I wished I was dead. What makes you think game, Junior? What makes you think game? Oh, now let you off, will you? Pearl, tell me the truth. How old are you? I told you, 54. Okay, okay. How tall are you? I'm 31 and a half. No. 32 inches tall. 32 inches? Hmm. <laughs> That's fine. Tomorrow, I'm taking out legal and proper papers constituting one Pearl Dumanville, a bona fide member of this former ball club. Maybe that'll shame them big babies into getting in there and swinging, knowing I can replace any of them with a midget. <laughs> I beg your pardon, Pearl. It's okay, Junior. <laughs> yes, sir, I'm going to make it all legal and proper. <laughs> drive was fouled just by inches. Bugs Courtney can certainly clobber that ball. Well, here we are, first of the ninth. Two men out, two on base, and the count on Bugs. Three balls, two strikes. Score nothing to nothing. This is Del Charbot at Ringo Stadium in St. Louis. 
If St. Louis wins today, it'll be a clean sweep, having won a doubleheader 7-2 and 10-0 yesterday. It looks like the league leaders are fading fast, and St. Louis will take over. Well, now the outfielders move back into position, and here's the pitch. Ball four. Bugs walks, filling the bases. And now up comes their slugger, Hank Metters. Wait a minute. There's a terrific rhubarb. It looks like a youngster coming up to the plate. Check this, Ted. No, it can't be a youngster. He has a big cigar in his mouth. A little bat and a big cigar. Oh, well, now, here's the scoop on the rhubarb. For the first time in big league baseball, we have batting in the cleanup position for the league-leading champ, Pearl Dumonville, a midget. Well, this rhubarb seems to be growing and growing. I'm sure it's going to be a few minutes before they can get this game going again. So we've sent Ted down on the field with a portable mic. Can you hear me, Ted? Ladies and gentlemen, I see the St. Louis manager is up out of the dugout, and everyone is screaming and yelling. Again, we'll try to take you down on the field. Ted, come in. Ted, can you hear me? Come in. Come in. Okay, Dell. I'm down here, and the pandemonium here is terrific. We'll try to get as much of the conversation as possible. Here's McGrew and umpire Kelly screaming at each other. I'm telling you, McGrew. I'm telling you, get a batter up there or you'll forfeit the game. I told you, I told you I'm sending in a pinch hitter. There he is, Pearl DeMonville. You stand right beside me, Pearl. You got yourself a boy, Junior. Watch it, McGrew. Here comes that square head, the St. Louis manager. McGrew, what are you trying to pull? Are you trying to disgrace baseball? They ought to bring the funny wagon for you. You know there ain't no pitcher alive can pitch no ball for no pitch. It's all proper and legal. Here are the papers, Kelly. Sign with the owners. Okay for the manager. Here, now look at all. I don't care what no papers say. He's a midget. Doesn't look right to me. He's using the kid's back. I don't care about any of that. But McGrew, where you've been keeping him all season? McGrew, maybe we had better get out of here. Here comes the field. I'm fired with the rule book. <laughs> Well, looks like it's legal and proper, just like McGrew said. All right, get back to your places. Get back in the dugout. Now, if there's any more screaming here, St. Louis will forfeit the game. Okay, McGrew, since you're half ball player in there. Okay. Well, you just stand up there and hold that bat on your shoulder. There ain't a man in the world who can throw three strikes in there before he can throw four balls. I get it, Junior. He'll have to walk me, and that will force in the winning run. That's it, Pearl. That's it. Just stand there. Don't let me down. I won't. Junior, light my cigar for me. You and me is going to make history. This is Del Charbot up in the press box again. Thank you, Ted. Thanks for that clarification of what's going on down there. Well, we are... Hey, wait a minute. The pitcher threw his glove on the ground and is stamping on it. I don't blame him in as much as he's just walked two normal-sized men. Now he has a man at the plate who couldn't be more than 15 inches between his knees and his shoulders. Fly ball! 
The catcher is towering over the batter like the Washington Monument. Wait a minute. I have never seen anything like this. The plate umpire started standing on his tiptoes. Now he tries bending down. Nothing seems to work. Oh, this crowd is going mad. Well, he has a stance that no one has ever seen on a ball field before. The umpire is squatting on his haunches. All right, here's the first pitch. Ball one. That was two feet over DeMontel's head. The catcher is going out to the mound now to talk to the pitcher. He hands him the ball. He comes back to the plate. And now, here's the pitch. Side armor. Ball two. Well, that one was a little closer. With a normal-sized man, I think it would have been a strike. With DeMonville, it was about a foot and a half above his head. The catcher's going out to the mound again. And the third baseman's also come into the mound to talk things over. DeMonville is just standing there, motionless, with that tiny bat over his shoulder. <laughs> but he's blowing smoke rings. Well, here comes the catcher back. Boy, he gave DeMondel a look like he would like to see him in a bottle of alcohol. This is really fantastic. The runners on the bases have sat down on the bags. All right, ready for the next pitch. Here it comes. This is the slowest ball I've ever seen pitched. It's coming, coming, slow. I believe it's going to be a... Oh, no! He hits the ball! The ball is rolling slowly down toward third. The infield is coming in fast. Dumanville is running toward first. The runners are up from their bases and are coming in. I think the catcher has the ball. No, no, he booted it. Out past the pitcher's box. The pitcher is falling on his face trying to stop it. I believe the shortstop has it. Dumanville still running toward first. The shortstop kicks the ball and is rolling toward second base. The runners are all in. Dumanville still running toward first. Still 20 feet from the bag. The second baseman has finally gotten the ball, and here's the throw. Everything has broken loose down there on the field, and I'm going to try to pick up Ted. Ted, come in, come in. Here I am, Dell, down here by first. Pandemonium's broken loose. Here comes McGrew, running with tears streaming down his face. I'll try to pick this up, Dell. up here in the press box. This is amazing. It looks like McGrew is swinging his batter around like a hammer thrower. And it looks like Dumontville is the hammer. Nobody can get near him without getting his head knocked off. And now he lets him go. And it looks like Dumontville is headed for the soap sign in center field. And there goes the St. Louis center fielder on a dead run. Back, 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 trying to get under Dumontville. And he's got him. Park, he looked like one of those uh, dash hounds with a satchel in his mouth, still smoking that big cigar. <laughs> yeah, that was the end of Dumontville, and that was the end of our losing streak, too. When we got in the locker room that day, we couldn't look at each other. 
And then suddenly we all started laughing and kidding. <laughs> and I quit complaining and wishing I was with the Angels. <laughs> well, sir, we went on to Chicago and took all four games. Got 17 hits in the first game. Eh, poor old St. Louis. They were so shook up by that last game with us, they never did hit the stride again. Their center fielder who caught Pearl, well, he took to misjudging everything that come his way. The rest of the team followed suit. That's the way it is on a club when one guy blows up. Well, sir, my boys all went together and bought a pair of them little baby shoes. Got them golden, give them to me as a souvenir. Great guys. Whitey Billy made up. We come home like a ton of dynamite. Went on to win that pennant. Quite a story, Mr. McGrew. <laughs> yeah, it happened about 25 years ago. Suppose it seems like a long time ago to you, boy, but to me it seems just like yesterday. Bugs Courtney standing up at the players' dinner and saluting what he called the greatest man and a half in baseball. Me and Pearl de Monville. <laughs> You see, Pearl was right. We did kind of make history. And, Larry, all this is in the record books. If you don't believe it, you could look it up. You've been listening to the CBS Radio Workshop, presenting James Thurber's You Could Look It Up. Written, produced, and directed for radio by D. Engelbach. Music by Richard Heyman. Heard in our cast were Ralph Bell, Sarah Fussell, Larry Haynes, Harold Huber, Joe Julian, David Kerman, Del Sharpet. Next week from Hollywood, the CBS Radio Workshop brings you John Train's Silent Witness, starring one of Hollywood's finest actors, Raymond Burr. The CBS Radio Workshop has come to you from New York. This is Ted Pearson speaking. You hear America's favorite shows on the CBS Radio Network. It's kind of interesting because they um, that particular show was broadcast from New York, but then the next week's show, starring Raymond Burr, was going to be broadcast from Los Angeles. So this uh, particular program at the time, CBS Radio Workshop in 1957, was using two studios and two casts. Uh, they were sometimes bringing you uh, a cast from New York, and other times bringing you a cast from uh, Los Angeles. Not too many shows did that, Lisa. That was not the norm. Uh, but maybe later in, um, you know, this is 1957. Yeah. So maybe later in the, um, you know, the days of radio when it was already waning and television had really taken over, they maybe did stuff like that. So uh, that was You Could Look It Up, starring Ralph Bell. And we had... Uh, a couple of people text in and asked uh, the uh, the actor that was playing the little person, was that actually a little person? And the answer to that is no. The, um, the actor was Sarah Fussell, and her sort of expertise back in the golden age of radio was to play young boys. She was able to play the part of boys, young boys, and so they cast her as the um, this little uh, person in this particular episode. Hope you enjoyed the CBS Radio Workshop.